0: Hi, everyone. I can't believe we are heading into the end of May. Today's episode is with a solo adventurist named Amy. Amy really took COVID into a new perspective, packed up her studio apartment into her car, headed north and spent time, months actually, living out of her vehicle and exploring the Northern Territory on her own. This is not new for her as she has cycled by herself from Canada down to Mexico and has so many other adventure stories that fit in between those two times. So I really uh, invite you to tune in, get in contact with Amy, let her know what inspired you by hearing today's episode. And also, we do have registration open for the Millionaire Mindset Accelerator. This is our coaching mastermind program for women who are looking to up-level their money mindset, their investing skills, as well as uh, any entrepreneurial path that you may be looking to pursue. We're going to be talking about the opportunities that arrive when you have multiple streams of revenue. We do know research says that the average millionaire has a minimum of seven streams of income. So we're going to be in community supporting that together. And we have our 100K and 30 days challenge happening with this program. To check it out, head to our website, MyLinePurpose.com. You can go directly to the Millionaire Mindset Accelerator by heading to www.MyLinePurpose.com backslash millionaire mindset. We do have 50% off. If you are listening by the end of today, Friday, May 21st at midnight, send us a message and we'd be happy to give you half of the accelerator price off. Okay, enjoy today's episode. Like, review, rate, share, all of those things support our listenership. Have a great day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Purpose podcast. This week, I am really thrilled and excited to have our guest speaker, Amy Renaud, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing Amy's last name correctly, but she can let me know when she comes on. (laughs) And um, Amy is located here in Victoria, British Columbia. and. What we are going to chat about today is the adventurous spirit that Amy has within her, and all of her experiences of using the outdoors as a healing power, the the adventures that she's went on solo, and what it can mean to adventure as a female. So. I would love to welcome Amy on. Hi, Amy. How are you?
1: Hi, Nicole. And actually, you did a great job with my name. Usually, it's the first part of my name that people stumble stumble on uh, because it's spelled a little differently, but it's Renault. So you were very close.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. It must be French, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad I didn't mess it up too much. (laughs) And so, Amy... For everyone who's listening, I always like to share how I got connected to the person that I'm talking to, if I've been connected to them at all, and then leave space for you to share your story. So for everybody who's listening, uh, Amy and I have been connected through a mutual friend in the past when I used to have my nonprofit, the OMARC Project. And Amy was just such a gift to share her wisdom and insight with me uh, when I was trying to figure out the what I would say is the headache of grant writing it is definitely not in my wheelhouse (laughs) yeah
1: good good choice of words there the headache of grant writing yeah I can
0: agree (laughs) wow and so Amy I really appreciate that you just stepped in and invited me over to your little home to drink tea or coffee I can't even remember what we had and sit on your balcony and just openly share like you're just so incredibly generous with your time and with your wisdom and expertise and I know that since those um, mornings on your patio, probably almost two years ago, so Mm -hmm. much has happened. Yeah. And so can you just let us know who is Amy uh, and how did you get to be where you are right now in this season of life? You can give us as much detail as you would like. I think there's lots to share about the adventurous side of you. Um, but yeah, fill us in for anybody who has not yet had the pleasure of meeting you. Well, geez, how much time do you have? My <laughs>
1: gosh. <laughs> I'm going to try to give you the snapshot version of who is Amy. So um, okay. hello, everyone. I'm Amy with an IE. And uh, I am a hobby, adventure, and writer living in Victoria, BC, which is, yeah, a very outdoorsy community. But my journey to the outdoors definitely did not start in the outdoors. Mm. I actually grew up in the military during oh. during the, yeah, not a lot of people know that, uh, during the 9-11 era. So I was a bit of an anxious child and I was kind of afraid of a lot of stuff. So You know, I was afraid of heights like my family brought me to a rock climbing session one time when we were kids and my dad had to basically drag me up the wall by the rope as I was sobbing and in tears because I was afraid of heights and then I was afraid of small spaces Um, like during a a school field trip I had a meltdown in this cave when we were doing like cave exploration. Um, I was very cautious like I was too afraid of going a little too fast on my bike or going down hills on my rollerblades and frankly the outdoors just didn't appeal to me so um the idea of going on a hike uh, I couldn't have cared less like that was that was not my my idea of fun so wow I'm
0: already (laughs) so surprised hearing these first few sentences
1: right like everyone assumes that I was probably a really adventurous kid like climbing trees and jumping off like roofs and doing all this crazy stuff but that couldn't have been like I was so opposite to that so I was very academically inclined and, you know, I'd finished top of my class uh, every year. I received scholarships uh, to go to school. And that was sort of my life plan was to continue down that path, um, which I did. And and I did it well. And I got a career and I moved up in that career. And as you said, we know each other through um, grant writing. So that was kind of my area of expertise uh, in the nonprofit work that I did. Mm. But this all came to a head in my late 20s. I think I was 27 or 28 at the time. And the relationship that I had been in for all of my 20s had kind of suddenly ended overnight. And I was experiencing um, quite a bit of burnout from having dedicated so much of myself to my professional life. Mm -hmm. And this led to the inevitable existential quarter life crisis (laughs) where you just suddenly Who am I? Right. You wake up one morning, you're like, what, what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? I have no idea who I am. So, I mean, I think most normal people would probably use that as an opportunity to pivot and uh, do something (laughs) different. In my case, uh, my pivot ended up being selling every one of my belongings, leaving my apartment and riding a bike uh, 3,000 kilometers to Mexico by myself. So I uh, highly recommend for anyone going through an existential crisis. Oh, wow, <laughs> um, Because that really planted the seed of adventure in me. And ever since then, uh, I've just been trying to live my life adventurously as possible. And the thing that brings me the most joy today is doing that and sharing those adventures with others, uh, inspiring others to get out of their comfort zones and challenge themselves in the outdoors. So that was not the short version, I guess, but there you are. That's me in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> well, you know, Amy, I think it is a, a quite a condensed version because I would love to know, yes, there was this like you know crises in the late 20s that I think so many people experience Mm -hmm. but truly like how did you go from um like being fearful of heights and fast things and adrenaline producing things to I'll hop on a bike and ride 3,000 miles like was it truly black and white just I'm going to do something so out of the norm or was there something that supported this transition I would say, well, for
1: one, there's sort of a perception that if you are an adventurous person, you're not afraid of anything. And that because I rode 3000 kilometers to Mexico, I'm now not afraid of anything. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Like I still, when I go on hikes, when I go camping in the wilderness solo, like I'm still afraid of stuff. Um, So, yeah, it's not like that ever disappears. But um, to answer your question, the thing that propelled me the most was sort of like this desperation to uh, get away from the state of sadness that I was feeling. Like I was feeling such immense sadness and loneliness and uh, uncertainty around my life and who I was. And that really is what fueled my pedaling every single day and uh, it it energized me to just keep pushing through all of the challenging times so that yeah that's definitely what fueled that particular particular trip Mm. now it's not what fuels all of my other adventures now but that the big one yeah that's that's that was the context at the time
0: yeah okay and I think that's great to know and like you said it's It doesn't mean that now all of a sudden you're fearless. Um, It's just that you push past that anyway and and get out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like to think that I put on a brave face and um, fake it till you make it. Like, I am terrified most of the time (laughs) that I'm doing these things.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I think that's going to make this so relatable for everyone who's listening that it's like, okay, so she shares the same fears that I do, yet you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's outable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amy, I know that you've recently just written your first article for explore magazine, and you've got another one um, yeah. lined up for mm-hmm. um, next month. And yeah. so you have a lot to share about how the outdoors have a healing power. And I would love for you to kick off the conversation today about you know, your big adventures like biking to Mexico and what happened when COVID hit this year.
1: Yes. Okay. So, um the oh my gosh what a year it's been when COVID happened I and you've been to my place so you know how small it is it's about Mm -hmm. 300 square feet and uh suddenly we were all forced into these these quarantine periods of time completely by ourselves where we couldn't have friends over we couldn't go and visit people that we cared about and I found myself in my tiny little apartment um, starting to, to go a little bit crazy and feeling claustrophobic. And my work industry had um, pretty much dried up at the time. I, I was working a contract and that ended and and all the things that I had lined up afterwards just suddenly disappeared. So it was a very familiar situation to the time that I biked to Mexico in that I did not know what was going to come next. There was so much uncertainty in my life Mm. and my zone of comfort now is, um, is to go out in the outdoors. It truly is. And so I packed my car up with all of my camping and hiking gear, my bike, my boots, my tents, my, I had a paddleboard strapped to the top. Like I created a little bed in the back and I just said, I I feel like it's time to go back out there into the wilderness. And it was so transformative uh, for the second time doing this. Um, and it just, it really allowed me to surrender and kind of like take that paper plan that you have sketched out for your life and just throw it in the trash and say, that's okay, that I don't know what's coming next. So for me being out in the in the outdoors away from all the the distractions of life, Mm -hmm. it gives you time to breathe. Like it's almost like taking just your first deep breath after you've been underwater for a long time. And you know, that feeling when you rise to the surface and you can finally breathe in again, like to me, that's what being outdoors is like and being far away from all of the distractions that keep us so disconnected 24 hours a day. So Uh, Yeah, I I went on that trip and I um, wrote this piece uh, mainly for myself. And it was about how much I'd fallen in love with solo travel over the past couple of years and how it's transformed my life. And uh, Explore Magazine um, published it last week. And it's been amazing. Like the response has been incredible. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited. I can't wait to write another one for them. So I'm like, yes, finally, I'm doing what I love to do. I've been writing for myself since I was a child. So it's really cool to be able to do this and share it with others.
0: And Amy, what, uh, you know, when COVID hit and this was your experience and you decided, okay, I'm going to like, just go. What drew you to the North, to the Yukon? Oh, great question. For one, when I
1: moved out to British Columbia, it was always my dream to explore more of the province. I mean, we live on an island, so it's easy for us to explore the island. It's not so easy to get up to the remote parts of northern BC and beyond. And um, I had never, i uh, since I've lived in the military, I kind of lived in several provinces and I've visited several provinces as well, but I've never been to a Canadian territory. So, I just thought it'd be really cool to get to the Arctic. (laughs) I didn't make it that far, unfortunately. There were still some travel restrictions at the time for the Northwest Territories, so I I couldn't uh, enter that area. But I made it as far north as I could uh, in the Yukon, and I made it to the Arctic-Continental Divide, and I mean... It was just the coolest experience to stare into the midnight sun as you're standing there, knowing that you made it to the Arctic-Continental Divide of very few Mm -hmm. people that you know have ever even been there, so... Um, yeah, I, I was just drawn to that. And to be honest, when when I get in a car and I start driving and exploring, I just feel this pull to keep going as far as I can. So how, I mean, how much further can you go once you make it that far?
0: <laughs> exactly. I feel like I have so many questions because I also uh, love being on my own uh, for yeah. somebody who is Uh, very extroverted and very social there's nothing I love more than getting in my car and driving a really long time or really far on my own yeah and so can you share with us like some of your favorite things like do you listen to podcasts or music? Music or eBooks. Like, what's your favorite road snacks? What's a must do? What do you do to fill your days when you're alone?
1: Yeah. Well, for one, I love that you love doing this as well, and I think actually the people who are the most extroverted are probably the ones that benefit the most from that alone time. And Mm -hmm. you're you're such a creative person as well. Like, I find for me, all of my creative ideas come to me when I'm completely alone, like in the middle of nowhere. So it's it's just so so important, but. Um, when I like on the bike, for example, it was a lot of quiet time. (laughs) Like I would spend Mm -hmm. half the day, uh, thinking back on my life. Like, you know, you'd have all these like memories and scenes pop up that you hadn't thought about in years because your mind is so distracted in everyday life. You don't have time to think about it. You think about your friends and your family and the people that matter to you. And then on occasion, I'd throw on like some tunes or a podcast on on this particular road trip. I would spend like half the day uh, just just in, in silence, which was mm-hmm. so nice. And then uh, in the afternoon, I'd maybe listen to um a few podcasts that I had pre-downloaded. I was in areas where you don't have any service or reception. And so I had to be mindful of that and the fact that I need to preserve my battery for GPS um, and uh, emergency apps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to minimize like the time that I actually was using my phone, but I am a sucker for murder mystery podcasts. Like it is just oh. a weird thing that I do. I, it's, it just, I get lost in them. It's really bizarre. And you know, what? I've heard a lot of other people uh, share the same sentiment as I I just don't think we uh, we outwardly admit it so <laughs>
0: <laughs> so interesting that like know. murder mystery and then like being on your own
1: it's so ironic I know I'm like what is wrong with me like why am I listening to this this is probably the worst thing to listen to when you're by yourself but I've always been fascinated by the human psyche and uh, psychology and so I don't know. It just I'm drawn to it for some reason. But I want to reassure everyone that's listening, I'm not weird like that. It's not the only thing I listen to. I also listen to super <laughs> upbeat, positive podcasts and I have like all sorts of genres of music on my phone that I mm. sing to loudly when I'm by myself.
0: <laughs> oh yes, use that throat. Yeah. Um and so Amy, I would have to assume and I could be wrong, but Is there anyone, and you don't have to name who they are, I'm more or less asking like how do you navigate these conversations, but do you come up against people who have concern for you, like traveling alone, like I'm assuming maybe family members or friends that Mm -hmm. get worried that you're (laughs) doing this, and why are you doing this, and How do you navigate those conversations?
1: Oh, this happens to (coughs) me, Nicole, literally all the time. Every time I go out and do something, I am met with a lot of hesitation it's usually from my family of course Mm -hmm. first and foremost they don't particularly love the idea of me going off grid for weeks at a time and not and not knowing where I am Mm -hmm. Um, but friends as well and and strangers also Um, when I when I did my bike trip I mean, I stood out like a sore thumb for sure. I had a bike with all of my camping gear strapped to the back and I just looked super out of place. So anytime I would come up to a gas station to grab some snacks or um, pulled up somewhere where there were other people, uh, I would always be approached and I, and I love talking to strangers. So their first question was always like, oh, where are you writing from? And where are you writing to? And it's, oh, I'm writing from Canada. And I said, oh my God, that's incredible. Um, and where are you going? And I'd say, oh, I'm, I'm going to Tijuana. And then instantly their demeanor would change and they would say like, by yourself? Say, yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just met with just this like extreme amount of concern for my safety some of it was warranted but most of it wasn't Um, and so whenever I'm met with that hesitation which still happens to this day um, yeah I just remind them that I'm I'm very prepared in what I do like it's I I, it's not like I'm recklessly going out there with no plans I don't often plan every single day but I'm Prepared. I have a lot of safety training. Um, I bring the proper equipment and gear with me, and and I take responsibility of my own safety. So, it's difficult to try to reassure other people. There is that narrative that exists that what you're doing is so dangerous, um, and I have to remind everyone. Danger can happen in the city. Mm-hmm. It can happen when I'm walking down the sidewalk. I mean, how many instances have we heard of women being accosted and, um, and experiencing violence uh, in the places that we're the most comfortable in? So um, I think that's just important to remember. Like, that can happen anywhere you are. For me, I actually feel safer uh, when I'm out in the wilderness exploring. Um, so that's kind of how I respond to it. But I mean everyone cares about you so it's so nice that everyone's worried for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think what is really empowering is that you hear those concerns and you still can make decisions for yourself. Yeah. And acknowledge that it's there concern or fear or worry and that it doesn't have to be yours
1: absolutely and and like the more that you do these sorts of things the more you develop that confidence that body of knowledge that understanding and the intuition too to know when certain situations are maybe not good for you to be in and that's one thing that i i always listen to like if i have a gut feeling about something or someone uh it's not like i'm sticking around to see what happens like (laughs) I do trust my gut and I and I do listen to it when I'm on these adventures and I think over time my family has come to accept like I'm a bit a little bit of the black sheep in the family I kind of do these crazy things and um and I update them when I can and it's fine and it's great and you know I'm not in danger most of the time so Mm -hmm. they're more
0: comfortable with it now (laughs) what has been like in your experience, because fear is felt differently for each individual, what has been your like scariest or most fearful thing that you've experienced in your solo adventuring thus far?
1: So when I was... Um about 1200 kilometers into that bike ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a campsite, um, just 50 miles south of San Francisco, beautiful campsite by the beach. Um, and, and it had been, I had been on the road for just over three weeks at that time. And it finally hit my stride. Like I was feeling great, confident. I felt like I knew what I was doing. I wasn't crying every day anymore. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> and, and, um and I, I went to sleep, I was in my tiny little tent. And when I woke up and unzipped the fly of my tent, my bike and all of my gear had been stolen in the middle of the night.
0: No. Yeah.
1: And my heart just dropped. Like I, I felt so unsure of what to do next. And I'm a pretty uh, calm person. I, even in the most chaotic of situations, I can take a breath and just think of, okay, what's my next step? What's my next step? But in this situation, like I just felt so disoriented and I didn't know what to do and it was terrifying. Um, So yeah, I had to quickly make some decisions on how to pivot next. And in the end, it was fine. Like I ended up finishing the trip and I I bought a different bike and sure it was heavier, whatever the, the experience was different. But that was definitely the moment that sticks out to me the most as being the most um, terrifying. I had some other like interactions with like bears and stuff like that which were scary but the the bike theft one was probably the most destabilizing experience that I've had to date.
0: And how much longer like kilometers or days wise did you have left of that trip?
1: I had 1800 kilometers to go still so yeah you can imagine like when you're there in another country and then the one piece of equipment that you've been relying on the most that has basically become your source of safety because it has everything on it that you need Mm -hmm. uh just suddenly disappears and you're left with you in the outfit that you're wearing in a tent with your passport fortunately I had my passport on me I always kept it on me um yeah it's definitely a shock (laughs) you really have to like ground yourself in that moment and and just try to remember that you were not injured and you are fine and you can figure out the next steps from here but there was yeah there was 1800 kilometers to go still so I to me in that moment I thought like that was the end of my journey and that was it and I and like I had failed somehow but um, it was because of the support of friends and family that reached out and sent messages and said, like, I think you really need to continue this. Like, you'll regret it if you don't. That, that gave me the strength to try to figure out what to do and continue from there. Um, wow. and, I, and I do go back to that situation sometimes in my head, like when the rug kind of gets pulled out from under you, as was the case with the pandemic. I knew I could handle it because of those experiences.
0: Yeah, you're so resilient.
1: Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I don't feel that way, but <laughs> I hope it comes off that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty resilient to me. <laughs> um, Amy, can you talk about, like, you know, for everyone who's listening, I have a little, like, pre-context to what Amy and I were going to discuss, and you speak to what it means to adventure as a female and I love so much in a sentence that I read of yours that you say the outdoors are genderless and Mm -hmm. can you just talk about what sort of narratives people are creating around you being a female and adventuring and what has been your actual experience of that totally
1: so there's this perception that, for one, um, females are a little more fragile, therefore the outdoors aren't necessarily for us, or um, big adventures, um, challenging adventures aren't for us. Um, historically, like male adventures tend to be praised and sponsored and financially Mm. supported and supported by friends and family and they and they don't get the same type of judgment or questions around their decisions to go out and do these types of things. Whereas as a female for me in my early 30s, um, there's a societal narrative around what I should be doing with my life. And so every time that I am making decisions to go on adventure there's these questions that I have to answer to um that I have to answer to because of my gender and the and the societal narrative that exists around my gender but what I love so much about the outdoors as I as I mentioned to you is it is genderless like the Mm. I mean a bear does not care if you're male or female a mountain summit is hard whether you're male or female and I should say when I say male or female like anywhere you land on that spectrum Mm -hmm. um but the the when you're doing those things in the outdoors the outdoors are not judging you for who you are or what you should be doing um it's part of our natural world and we're stewards of that natural world and I just love that it doesn't matter who you are you can experience something magical out there uh regardless of the kind of uh questions you have to answer to back home So, Mm. yeah, that's been my experience thus far. And I really wish that um, that the narrative was different because I do feel like I come up against a lot of judgment, unfortunately, for, you know, wanting to go out um, and do something for three to four months versus maybe being in a pantsuit in an office, uh, Mm -hmm. with a pension locked in by now, you know, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's, um, it's, it's definitely challenging, um, having to deal with that side of it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, do you feel that, um, there is opportunity for you to, you know, even speak it like a little bit louder for the people in the back, like now getting platforms such as speaking on podcasts and writing for explore magazine. Do you have any hope or vision for how you can impact other females who are thinking about solo adventuring or who have been um, who also have to sort of go about the challenges that you've experienced as well? Oh, I'm so hopeful. Like, I
1: am constantly inspired by other women that are are speaking about their choices and their adventures as well. Like that inspires me to go and do mine because I often have moments where I start to question myself even like, is this what I should be doing? Or should I be dedicating as much time to the thing that brings me joy? And maybe I should be looking for that office Uh, job now so I do hope that by speaking uh, publicly and sharing the stories um, it does it does give people the comfort to know that they can go and do these things too and that slowly we will start to challenge some of that narrative and and change it I actually had like a really interesting experience recently Um, when I was on the uh, road trip up to the Yukon Mm-hmm. I had posted some photos and little snapshots of some of the places I'd been along the way uh, onto social media. And I received um, a private message from a girl who. Uh, reached out and said hey I am really interested in doing what you're doing um, do you have any like tips or advice for me and we corresponded back and forth a little bit I sent her like like it was pages long of recommendations of like the hikes to do and and I was doing a lot of like off grid wilderness camping so like some good locations and some tips for bear safety as she was going to be traveling alone and then I also included like some some COVID travel recommendations as well so that she can be a responsible traveler And um, and then I I never heard from her again. I just kind of forgot about it. Uh, and I left I left Instagram like shortly after that. So um, this past uh, month when I was driving back, I've been in Ontario for the last 10 months, when I was driving back uh, to BC, I had to get back to my apartment for a certain date. Um, I stopped in a city called Canmore in Alberta.
0: Oh, and, I used to live in Kenmore.
1: Oh, my God. It is, it's amazing. I could live there. How long were you there for, by the way? It is so in, cool.
0: <laughs> I lived in Canmore for a full year from a June to June. No
1: way. Oh, Yeah, when God. I was 22. 22,
0: 23. It was the best year of my life. Oh, my God. That sounds so... Inc- I can see why it was the best
1: year of your life. Like, it is an outdoor mecca. I was just drooling. Like, the moment mm-hmm. I got there, I wanted to do everything. But when I was in Kenmore... I met a girl who, um, we're, we're wearing masks, so it's kind of hard to recognize each other's faces, but she clued in to who I was, pulled up my Instagram account and said, is this you? It no. was it was the girl from the private messages. Yeah, I couldn't believe wow. it. So she had gone, she ended up taking all my recommendations. She went on this adventure and, um, and then she shared with me that it was because of, of my interaction with her and her seeing the things that I was doing solo that she had gotten the courage to go and do that herself and she ended up leaving a job that she was very unhappy with um, and is now doing a year of traveling on her own she's actually going tree planting this summer like it was amazing and I got kind of emotional when she was telling me this story um because she it was just so sincere like for her to look at me and say, I went, did these things because I saw you doing them. Like it was just the most amazing gift I've ever received. So that's what motivates me to keep sharing my stories and sharing these adventures and helping people get out there.
0: Amy, that is really serendipitous. I know. Right. Like what a small world. (laughs) That's not a coincidence. That is the universe lining something really special up for you.
1: It was eerie like yeah, I walked away from that just like my hands were shaking like I cannot believe that that just happened.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah,
1: okay. and then and then I think about the ripple effect too. Like she I'm certain that she will now influence someone to go and do that and 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 be that push for someone
0: else. Like it's just so cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, Amy, what's next? Where, what's, at like, public? Can you share? Like, what is the next big adventure that you are planning for?
1: Gosh, wouldn't we all love to know what's next in life? <laughs> So I actually, my next big adventure is a little bit closer to home. I started school up again uh, in January. I kind of pivoted and shifted um, field of work. So for me, the next focus is truly my schooling and setting myself up for success in the future so that I can continue going on big adventures, like three to four month long adventures every year or two if I can. Um, So for now, the big adventures are going to be closer to home. I have my bike. I have all my camping gear, I want to do some weekender trips, I want to go uh, scale some more mountains close to where we live, uh, and I recently took up rock climbing which has been super oh, fun. fun. I'm still afraid of heights, um, but uh, my goal this summer is to get out there on uh, on some bigger walls with some rope and uh, try to do that. So. It's hard to plan what's next during a pandemic, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really feeling quite excited about all the opportunities to come.
0: Mm. I have to ask because, you know, my lined purpose, the two areas of focus that we support women with it primarily are mindset and money. And I would love to know how do you set yourself up to budget for these activities? So like you said, you're obviously stepping away from a role where you would be working and taking in an income. Yeah. Um, and so how does an individual like budget that sort of activity? What has supported you to make sure that you feel, Um, like stable enough to make it through your whole adventure.
1: Totally. And I could talk about money for days and I'm so glad that you guys actually do because it's still a topic that's stigmatized. And I remember growing up uh, being told like it's, it's impolite to ask about finances But then we set people up for failure when we're not sharing and being transparent about that information, because we have no idea how much money it actually takes to go on an adventure, or is it a good idea to just suddenly leave your job overnight? Um, Or how expensive is it actually going to be to buy a van and live out of it? So um, I'm so glad that you guys do talk about money. That's one area that I wish was talked about more in the adventure world, uh, because it's not super transparent and people do give gatekeep that information quite a bit. So for me, I hustle hard before any adventure. Like I work multiple contracts and I am very frugal with my everyday living. I am not one to go out and purchase things for myself or, um, the gear that I have is always used. It's, it's only in the past year that I've actually started to replace a few of my items with new gear. So mm-hmm. I, I have used nothing but used crappy gear that I've fixed up. Like it does not need to be expensive to go out and get these things. Uh, and when I'm on the road, I also live extremely frugally. Like I ate so much ramen (laughs) when (laughs) I was on the road. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My, I, I try to avoid, um, proper campsites anywhere I can, uh, because those add up and, um, and we have amazing, uh, amazing public lands as long as you're you're treating them respectfully and following like leave no trace principles. Um, there's wonderful places, uh, once you get out of the cities that you can, you can camp at for free. So that's a big part of what I do is I try to plan my adventures around the financial aspect as well.
0: Mm. And
1: it's not easy because you do tend to have to leave a job. It's very rare that someone can have a job that one will give you permission to leave for extended periods of time Um, And it's very, very difficult to get any sort of sponsorships or financial backing, uh, unless you're a pro athlete with a humongous social media following, which I, I am not really on social media. So for me, it's unlikely that I ever will have any financial backing to do these types of things. So I do need to be a bit smarter about the way that I um, set my career up and uh, and save for these adventures. So I would say to anyone that's interested in doing a bigger adventure, um, it does take a lot of planning. And an adventure does not have to be big for it to be big. You know what I mean? Like you do not have to go for three months and quit your job and sell everything that you own to experience a transformative, um, adventure in the outdoors. Like it can be yeah. a weekend. It can be an overnight. It can be an afternoon. Like it, there's so much available to us here. So, um, I would, yeah, I would focus less on the, on the big, uh, sort of financial setbacks of adventure. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is, you know, and <clears throat> Kayla and I obviously, talk very openly about money all of the time. And that is the like main pillar of our business. And, oh, I love it. <laughs> and, emp- and empowering women to understand that they can be in full control of their finances. And so that can mean um, making the money you want to make to save for the trips that you want to take. If that is solo adventuring, if that is with others, knowing that you can be empowered to make the choices that feel good to you with your money. And exactly. so <clears throat> I love hearing from you, someone who the, on the experiential side of being quite adventurous that like, yeah, it's not just a, oh, I'm going to go do this and slap it all on a credit card. You put thought behind it. You yeah. create a lifestyle that works for you.
1: Exactly. You never want your adventures to set you behind and to be penalized because of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's important to talk about the financial part too, because it is a huge barrier to the outdoors. um, And it's one that's not uh, spoken about enough. Um, I think I read somewhere one time that like 80% of people that uh, adventure outdoors have been introduced by family at a young age. So meaning they're coming from like very, Um, adventurous families with all the gear in place already and all the knowledge in place already but um, for that other 20% like myself uh, it's a huge barrier to overcome like even just buying a pair of hiking boots oh my Mm -hmm. god like that is not cheap at all Um, to, to try to sign up for an introductory lesson for something so you know the safety around what you're doing like those are all massive, uh, barriers to the outdoors. And that's something I want to bring awareness to as well is all of these barriers and all of the ways that we can try to mitigate that because we do all deserve to have the same experiences.
0: Mm, I love that. I think, that, yeah, you're, you're so right in saying that we all deserve that. And I think by having more women speak up about, how they are doing what they are doing um, and examples of leading the way that it makes it more accessible for others yeah yeah Mm. so amy the question that i love to ask everyone um before we begin to round off this conversation is how do you know when you are in alignment with your purpose and because purpose i believe is always evolving Um, and is different for everyone Mm -hmm. at this season of life. What do you feel like is your purpose and how do you know you're in alignment with it?
1: Oh, well, I'm so sad. We're almost ending our conversation. I could talk to you all day long, Nicole, but (laughs) I know
0: this is so good. We definitely need to have a part two.
1: Yeah. Maybe like, um, like a intro to adventure for women, one-on-one retreat in the future. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I'm glad you asked that question about purpose because, For me, in reflecting this past year, the idea of desperately needing to find a purpose is what brought me so much misery. Like, I I really struggled with the notion that I don't know what my purpose is. Do I have one? Like, what is my purpose? And I would put so much effort into thinking about this that I was really missing out on the fact that for me, purpose can be just simply living my greatest life being as joyful as I can, being as healthy as I can and continuing to spread positivity and joy to others during all of my interactions, whether that's people I know or strangers on the street, because I really truly believe that we all have a ripple impact um, everywhere that we go. So I know that I'm in alignment with my purpose now when I feel a sense of peace when I wake up, uh, when I feel calm throughout the day. And when I take time to do the things that keep me sane, such as like, I don't know, just exercise on a daily basis and um, taking time to interact with the people that matter to me. So uh, it's kind of a simplistic answer. But for me, I guess I know I'm in alignment when I'm not thinking about my purpose, when I'm just Mm. living it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You're just... That is your purpose to be, it sounds like, to be present.
1: Yeah, like why can't your purpose be as simple as that? You know, like I I have accepted that other people have these amazing grand purposes and that for me, I'm happier when I'm not trying to have this big grand purpose in life. Mm,
0: Yeah, and I think that, once again, that is really just like, I think, a story we tell ourselves that, oh, we're supposed to have a big grand purpose, but yeah. it's it, that's not a rule written anywhere.
1: Yeah. And it's not like anybody was telling me that. Like, it was purely coming from my own mind. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not like anyone said, Amy, I'm I'm not satisfied with your purpose. I think you need to have a, a better purpose
0: in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, that was just purely from myself telling that to myself. So... Yeah, that is where I'm at now in this wonderful phase of life.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I love that. And Amy, what I'm going to do is in the show notes and for everyone who's listening, we're going to link the article that is already written um, and then you can start to follow along Amy's journey. But she, the article that Amy published for Explore Magazine is falling in love with solo travel uh, this year. Um, of embarking on adventure alone so we're going to make sure that that link gets put into the show notes and then also you have a website with a blog and so do you want to tell us a bit about what people could expect to find on there
1: For sure. Um, So I just recently finished compiling all of the adventures from the past like three to four years. Um, And so I've just my blog serves as a place kind of a memory vault for myself and for family and friends back on the East Coast that don't necessarily get to see what I do when I do these things. Um, So I've got some story pieces and photos and details about uh, some of my favorite adventures on there for you to enjoy. (laughs) Okay, perfect.
0: Amy, as I, uh, you know, scrolled through your website and look at your amazing photos and the titles of your blogs and these sorts of things. And I know that you're starting to get to speak more about this topic that you love of solo adventuring. Um, is there any like, you know, dream that, you know, somebody could wave a magic wand and say, Amy, you get to do this or have this or be this. (laughs) What would be the dream in terms of what you could get to do and get paid to do it?
1: Oh, totally. Okay. So I'm hoping that um, that person is listening to this right now like whoever yeah. you are with that magic wand uh, I would like to live in a van and travel our beautiful country and just share all of the stories of the people and places um, that I go to that is my absolute dream there's I, there's so much value in storytelling and we learn so much from other people's lived experiences um, and I'm also uh, big proponent and I hope to be a steward of our natural world. So that would be my ultimate dream right now. Just, just being a paid vagabond.
0: <laughs> okay. So you need to be like in their inbox every single day, letting, letting these van companies know and blogger companies and YouTube and stuff. You need to be just letting The world know you've got a story to tell. You are ready to adventure. Here you are.
1: (laughs) Van companies, here I come. Watch out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so great. And it almost, it reminds me of like um, the humans of New York, right? You know, that whole platform of just like giving everybody a voice and a platform or a platform to share their voice and their story. Why can't that be you traveling across Canada doing that?
1: Thank you. Can I just like capture the words you just said? And that's what I'll put in my pitches. Yes.
0: Yeah. When this podcast is released, yeah. copy and paste that sentence.
1: I love it. Yeah, That's oh. my next goal.
0: Okay, perfect. Amy, is there anything else that you want to share before uh, we wrap up this episode together?
1: Oh, this was just so much fun. And honestly, if anybody is hesitating around adventure, please know that it's it's not as intimidating as it sounds. And I, if you do adventure because of this podcast, I want to hear it.
0: <laughs> okay, perfect. Yes. And I know that we have the links to your social media handles. Are you on Instagram now? I'm kind of doing this like
1: no Instagram year. I've been on a couple times the last... Uh, few months to share the article um I assume I'll be back at some point to share any of the news around my adventures so yeah feel free to follow me on Instagram it's there I'm not a consistent presence but I exist
0: okay and I know that you have a TikTok account Uh um, where you have your travel videos and we're going to link your website as well so we'll make sure that's all there and I can't wait for people to connect with you and share about how you've inspired them, even just in this episode. So I want to thank you so much for um, being here today, for sharing your stories. And I can't wait for everybody to just go browse around your website and see all of the incredible things that you've been up to.
1: Oh, thank you, Nicole. You are just such a pleasure to talk to. And uh, yeah, we'll have to go on an adventure when restrictions are lifted.
0: I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Amy. And enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. You too, Nicole. Okay. Bye. Bye.